0: We haven't entirely nailed down what element it is yet, but I'll tell you this it's a lively one. Let's give your parents a call right
1: now. Hello, welcome to episode number 19 of Gaming with the Moms. My name is Nicole Tanner. I am managing editor at pixelkin.org and the mom of a three year old. I'm joined by fellow mom, Linda Brenneman who is publisher at Pixelkin.org. Hello. And I once again forgot a clever name to come up with. Why so
2: are you neglecting me? I don't know. Blanking out.
1: So again, lovely and talented Simone de Rochefort. <laughs> um, and our guest today is Mark Delora, who has been in the industry a very long time. Yes. Uh, we can go through uh, his resume when <laughs> oh, it comes to you the main topic.
2: have a lot of clever things to say about Mark. Okay, oh, no. <laughs> I see how it is. I see. Right. Mark, All right. Not so, a mom. Um, <laughs> yes yes
1: thanks thanks for that do you have kids by the way no oh, okay no, i'm just still a kid just...
0: uh, me that too. makes sense That's good. keeps it y- easy you
1: hang around the gaming industry for that long yeah uh, you stay a kid all right let's jump into some news skylanders Skylanders card game now. I'm
2: so sad. I'm full (laughs) of sadness. So basically, Activision is putting out a Skylanders mobile card game. Um, It's Basically, we were talking about it earlier. It looks a lot like Hearthstone. I initially didn't think so. I thought it looked more like Pokemon. But they are using digital cards as well as, of course, physical cards that you can buy, yes. and awesome. it, it's kind of cool the way they show it in the trailer. Um, the trailer itself is not cool. It is patently uncool because it contains very poor acting teens who are just thrilled to be they playing. They really <laughs> look
1: like the same teens that Nintendo <laughs> used in their Amiibo thing. Like, honestly, it's the same thing. They come in, they sit down on the couch, and they're... I they're think, smiling, and I they're know. just having a it grand just, old time. It, it looks Ugh. eerily familiar. Those so. happy teens. We should go back and watch that Amiibo commercial and <laughs> see if
2: it's the same actor. It's because like they're a compilation <laughs> of happy teens from game commercials. Yeah. But anyway, so with your device, you can take a picture of the cards, and it'll you know show up in augmented reality. So they basically showed them taking a picture of the Spyro card, and then the guy is holding the card, but Spyro is in his hand. You can see it on yeah. the that's screen. That's pretty so cool. That's that pretty cool. That does not
1: actually happen. Spyro does not appear on your
2: hand.
1: (laughs) One of the Skylanders uh, commercials, I think it was I think it was Trap Team. Yeah. Like this crazy live action commercial thing where like the kid puts in the trap and then it like gets all lighted up and like sucks in the guy. And and then there had to be a little disclaimer on the commercial. This does not actually happen.
2: Well, kids will think I know, I know. Yeah. That's why they want these fun devices. I'm not super excited about this, although I guess I do see it as a way that Skylanders could continue to put out new material without upping the ante, which is what I talked about on the issue last week. Because, you know, this time with with Skylanders Superchargers, which is coming out on September 20th, they're doing a ton of accessories in the vehicles that are going to be for the game. So that that seemed to me like this horrible new stage of Skylanders where they will need to keep making more and more and more exciting stuff. This kind of scales that back a bit because it's a card game. You know, you don't need to re-innovate on cards over and over again. So in that way, I think it's kind of cool. But also it's just so exhausting that now there will be Skylanders cards as well as Skylanders figures. And yeah. I Kinda know, the... like
1: how the amiibo has is has cards now coming out. As yeah, well.
2: but then those. I wonder cards... if Activision
1: and Nintendo are spying on each other.
2: <laughs> I think they are. <laughs> I think they're spying sharing on on their finances. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are public, so
3: they can be like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. how much do these cost?
2: We don't know yet. Okay. Um, there will be a preview of the game on September 20th when Skylander Superchargers comes out, so you can download the app and check it out. But it won't come out actually until September, or no, sorry, not September. Two thousand sixteen. A totally different year. Um I don't know when in two thousand sixteen, but we can keep an eye on it. Uh, I'm yeah. a little worried about the families and the costs of all these toys to yeah. life. Well you would think cards those. would be cheaper though. I yeah. hope
3: yeah. yes. Yeah. And they yeah. will come in packs, I yeah. assume.
1: But yeah, we, we when we looked at it a little closer, and you know, Simone is only an amateur hearthstone. Oh thanks. <laughs> I play it on a daily basis. When she came over and we looked at the video together and I'm like, yes, this looks a lot like Hearthstone. It's just the attacks are happening in a 3D space and they look cooler as mm-hmm. opposed to little ovals smacking into each other. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah. definitely much more friendly for kids. But obviously they're going to pull a lot of that
2: Hearthstone stuff.
1: Yeah, because $20 they have- million dollars a month, they're not going to ignore that. <laughs> they have
2: the best mobile card game in the world yes. at their disposal, so... Yeah, yes, they'll be sharing talent, we, know. We, th- we think, we think.
1: Well, if they're not sharing talent, they will definitely be sharing monetization strategy. Oh.
2: <laughs> Which is a good thing, though. That's, it a good, is that's good. the good part of it. Yeah. Because Hearthstone Everything is, else is it. great. It's like the
1: best free-to-play yeah. game because it actually works as free-to-play. You don't actually have to spend money.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, more news. Transformers in Splatoon.
0: What is uh, going on
2: there? It's foreboding. <laughs> uh, no, no. <laughs> Poor are <laughs> not making fun of Courtney. <laughs> um, uh, for Nintendo or Splatoon's next Splatfest, which is this basic twenty-four hour event where you choose a team and you basically rack up as many wins as you can for your team. They're doing Transformers versus, or uh, sorry, Autobots versus Decepticons, both of which are from the Transformers universe. It's cool, and it's the first time I think that uh, Ninten- Nintendo has partnered with another franchise. Um, to kind of just add that flavor into splatoon um previously they did splatfest where it was like dogs versus cats and water slides versus roller coasters so now we're we're getting into the branding i don't think it's that big deal i mean splatfests are fun you get a cool t-shirt for your character that has a, a transformers logo on it Hooray! you
1: get t-shirts digital the t-shirts character. oh yeah. Yeah.
2: i'm like yeah. what <laughs> if they were giving me a t-shirt that would be a big deal i would sign up right away <laughs>
3: Do you play Splatoon? Have you played it? Hard? I have
4: not. I'm, I'm a horrible yeah. ex Nintendo employee. Oh, <laughs> no hard feelings there. That's okay. You're like
3: ex
1: everything employees. So. <laughs> yeah. Th- thank you. <laughs> are we going to get into that later? Or are we going to find out about all that? Um, yeah. yeah. So, do you think what would make another good Splatoon oh. team thing? What do you think?
3: Oh, no. I
2: don't know. I they could bring some much other much Nintendo stuff in there. They could do like Bowser versus Mario, something like that. Yeah. Um, Oh, and since they're doing the amiibo in Skylanders, they could bring that's right, <laughs> freaking Team Chaos versus Team yeah. Skylands in there.
1: You know what might be funny is uh, Mr. Rossetti versus K.K. Slider. <gasps> Oh, <laughs> that would be wonderful. Mr. Rossetti is the annoying groundhog that yells at you when you don't save your game appropriately in <laughs> Animal Crossing. Ah. And K.K. Slider is the great dog who uh, plays at the at the town restaurant every Saturday night at a specific time. Such a chill guy. I love he him. He is. Oh. And his, his singing is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a language or anything, but it's so cute and adorable. I miss oh, Animal Crossing. Gosh. Anyhow. Uh, so the Serious Games Summit uh, is open for submissions right now. So Aww. if you are making games... Actually, you only have to be 12, 12 and older, and you can submit games to this thing. Seriously? Seriously, nice. yeah. So hopefully we'll see some cool things Um
4: It's pretty awesome. From kids. This is their 10th yeah. year, which is yeah. kind of amazing. Have you
1: right? done any work with them?
4: Um, I've worked with the people who are throwing it, but I never got down there because it, it takes place at I... I don't even know how to pronounce it, I-slash-I-T-S-E-C, which is sort of the military. It's a big Uh, military thing in Orlando. So the serious game showcase and challenge games, a lot of those games tend to be military or defense-focused stuff. But they're always trying to get more of other things in there. Yeah.
3: yeah. And this Uh, one –
2: oh, sorry. Go on. I
3: was just going to say one year I went to the serious play conference in um, Redmond at DigiPen. And I, I did not know until then how much the serious game sector came straight out of the military simulation world. So um, all those simulations about missile trajectory and things like that ended up, you know, being transformed into video games. Yeah. And um, and that, that conference also has a lot of simulations about, you know, um, emergency room doctors and uh, how to triage patients and that kind of thing. It's a really interesting history that yeah. they, that they yeah, have. Yeah,
1: it's super cool. So there are a few guidelines which we have in our story that's up on Pixelkin. Like it actually has to be about learning something and mm-hmm. a few other things. Um, but deadlines are coming up fairly quickly. You have to have your paperwork describing your game in by September 16th, and then the game itself needs to be submitted by September 20th.
2: That so is not wow, a lot exciting.
1: of time. That is not mm. a lot of time. So you should get cracking on that.
2: Do you know how long people work on these things? Like is it something that people have just started now or do people work on it like year long? I would assume they work on it a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, these
4: are more generally I think games that are already in production and they're okay. like, oh, yeah. hey, we could also submit it to the yeah. series game shoppers. Yeah, if yeah, it fulfills those
2: learning objectives. Yeah, I
1: mean yeah. I think small little indie indie people could definitely put together something this fast, but mm-hmm. if you're talking about a regular game developer, which is funny because they probably have a larger team. <laughs> if you think about putting out a game in like three weeks, they all freak out. Like, But no they have way. red tape
2: to deal with. <laughs>
1: sometimes, sometimes, yeah. sometimes yeah. not. Um, so, yeah, so if you're into games or you're thinking about making them, you know, pay attention to that. And actually, you know, pay attention to the finalists and take a look yeah. at what they're, they're going to do. So... Our last story here is a very interesting one. So there's a game called Evo, which is aimed at kids with autism, ADHD, uh, that kind of spectrum. And they're applying for FDA approval, which is really odd because when you, <laughs> when you think of the FDA, you think of pharmaceuticals like medicines. Uh, anything else? The FDA Basically just I, – I, It's I'm, just yeah. drugs,
2: I think, right?
1: Yeah. and Well, I mean – The drugs that are legal.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, All of my cocaine is FDA approved. Oh, okay. It's completely safe. This thing is you actually super awesome. This, <laughs> it's,
4: this Evo thing is yeah, yeah. It's totally it. amazing. Oh, have you played it? Um, I have not played that. I played the predecessor to it. So this, oh, okay. So this Project Evo thing, um, it's got a long history. It comes out of Adam Gazzali's research at UC San Francisco. Okay. So he's got, if you search for Gazzali, you'll find he's done a bunch of TED Talks on, this, on his research. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's basically got an fMRI machine. Mm. and he puts people in the fMRI machine, and he's been measuring different areas of the brain to see uh, if he could measure, you know, like when you're multitasking, what area the brain lights up, when you're Mm. trying to memorize something or when you're trying to do heavy math, like what area the brain lights up. And then are there ways that we can design interventions in the form of games Mm. to influence those areas? So he has – what's led to this Project EVO thing is this really amazing study he did um, called – it was focused on uh, multitasking capability, basically. Mm-hmm. So they took – I could talk about this for way too long. Yeah, so have to <laughs> 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 I think this is totally amazing. Yeah. Um, so it, he took uh, people from age 20 to 70 uh-huh. and put them in the fMRI machine and measured uh, using a game that forced you to multitask, measured how well they were able to do it, mm. you know, their capability to multitask. And, and research shows that, you know, as you age – you become less and less capable of doing this. And sure enough, that's what he found. It's pretty much linear Mm -hmm. degradation over Mm. time. Um, So this game that he's created, he... he created a game that's basically a racing game mm. This the first version of this oh yeah. is that um, the
3: Neuro Racer Neuro Racer yeah, yeah totally yeah. 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 yeah they got amazing results and they yeah. published in the journal Nature right yes yeah. bingo which <laughs> yeah. is a big time medical journal basically a huge yeah.
4: big deal cover story on the journal Nature yeah. oh wow cool. and it basically said you play this game that it forces you to, to drive and also identify signs and colors at the same time yeah um, and if you played it I think it was like a half an hour twice a week for four weeks or something like that then the 70 year old Olds came in and they were just as good as a 20 year old's, wow. up, which is amazing. And it has all yeah. these other knock on yeah. effects in your brain. It's like not just for multitasking, it also improves working memory yeah. a little bit. And yeah. that's so very cool. So, this tech has turned into that product. Yeah,
3: nice. Well, I, cool. I really welcome this because I do worry about all the ADHD drugs. I mean, and I think a lot of Doctors and parents and everyone worries about kids being on too many drugs to um, calm them down or whatever. Oh, so, yeah. That's a side I, didn't, I hadn't thought
0: of, Yeah, like, to replace right. the drugs with this. Because otherwise exactly. I'm
1: like, couldn't, you know – People, uh, doctors or whatever, just say, "Hey, you should play this game," like without it being FDA yeah. approved.
3: No, they need it to be able to measure it and prove that it works, say, as well as a as a yeah. pharmaceutical. So you can take your kid off that thing, maybe. Right. That would be yeah. cool. I yeah. think if more kids were on less drugs and played more games, yeah, yes, yes <laughs> okay. Exactly. So the goal yeah. of
2: this is to. Is so that doctors can record what results they get with it. That's what they get from being FDA approved.
4: I think that the for, to get FD, for the FDA approval, what they're actually going to get out the other side is the ability to give it as a treatment. Um, yeah, a, they can actually doctors can prescribe to, it. Okay, yeah. yeah. Think of the – monetization scheme there as well oh yeah it's right? oh, like boy. oh well, you you can prescribe this as an actual thing instead of drugs well yeah ka-ching mm-hmm.
1: yeah oh geez <laughs> right? and now so, game developers are going to fall into the
4: you know, if, trap
2: as if, pharmaceutical companies
4: <laughs> <laughs> if we could get more game developers making things that we can use instead of drugs I think well, that would be awesome I, like, <laughs> I agree <laughs> let's do that
2: one of the things I was surprised to learn is that Kesey wrote this article right I think so yeah Yeah. she mentioned that it apparently costs millions and millions of dollars to get FDA approval. So yeah. I, it takes a
1: long time. And,
2: yeah, four years or something at minimum of reviews. So I'm wondering how realistic it would be for – I mean, I I believe that they can probably do it, but I definitely don't see it as a realistic thing for games moving forward just because of the, the product cycle that we have right now for devices plus – just the the money that would that has to go into something <laughs> yes. like I mean millions of dollars obviously that's pocket change for me <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, yeah it's it seems yeah. like a maybe a, there would be a long-term financial gain from that definitely but in the short term I, I it's hard for me to imagine people investing in that yeah you can yeah. see
4: with this yeah. product in, in particular there were some collaborations with Pfizer over time. Yeah, to some yeah. Of the researches. So
2: you need the backing of companies
1: like that to yeah. make it a realistic. So the goal. pharmaceutical companies are getting their fingers into this thing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. surprising. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but at least there are probably fewer side effects. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. I would
1: hope so. I yeah. think they're are. I don't. I think. I, can't speculate. I would hope that there weren't any side effects. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so that's all the news we're going to do because we have super awesome guests here today. So Mark, if you haven't heard of him, which you, if you know anything about the game industry, you have. He has <laughs> worked for Sony, Nintendo, Google, Ubisoft, THQ. Then the Good list goes heavens. on. Creator of the book series Game Programming Gems. Former editor-in-chief of Game Developer Magazine. And most recently worked for this guy you may have heard of. Barack Obama <laughs> um, in the Office of Science and Technology Policy. Yeah. So, Mark, tell us what the Office of Science and Technology Policy is.
4: <laughs> uh, it is this amazing group of people inside of the White House. When I was there, it was about 90 people, all of whom have really tight, particular expertise in yeah. science or technology, each yeah. one of them. So you're walking around in these halls and you're like, you'll meet the 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 person who created the little drone. Did you see the YouTube video with the drone, the quadcopters yeah, and yeah. all? Like, yeah, yeah. So that guy was there for yeah. a while. <laughs> you know, yeah. the, the neuroscience people, cognitive science people, uh, climate science people. I was in a group that was a lot of more technology-focused people. So mm-hmm. we, we worked with the uh, office of the CTO. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it was just people trying to do good things to move America forward using their expertise for a few cool. years.
1: Um, oh, wow. So how does that like, translate, like, how do you um, advise the president on, like, how does that uh, manifest itself, like, in a way that people, like, would, for the country. Yeah. would, would see, <laughs> yeah. see the results of that?
4: Well, there's, uh, there's like, there's on demand, or I guess there's like push and pull work, I guess is what mm. I would say. So, there are things that'll show up, uh, for example, uh, Sandy Hook,
0: mm. and
4: the vice president needs some feedback and advice on violent video games. Uh, um, but more often it was, you know, with your particular area of expertise, you're trying to find ways that you can uh, move forward the particular administration goals using your knowledge. So, you know, for me, around games, a lot of it wound up being how can we make bigger, better educational games and mm. stir that community up. Of course, also games for health and things like that. Yeah. And computer science was another area I focused on a lot and ran cool. on. Um, you know, everybody was, was really super different in that group, yeah, of course.
1: Yeah. So, educational games. So, can you tell us a little bit more about what you worked on specifically there?
4: Yeah. Well, so I was trying to find ways to accelerate the space, basically, mm-hmm. like highlight amazing educational games that are out there, mm-hmm. uh, find ways to encourage more developers to focus on that sector. Mm-hmm. Um, find ways to identify which ones are great so that you know, parents can find them and teachers can find them. Um, just everything I can think of around that space is just mm-hmm. kind of like give it a shove in right, any way that yeah. I could. It was really what it came down yeah. to. Um, and so we tried a lot of different things.
3: That's hard, right? I mean, finding good educational games. Yeah. Uh, we we face that every day at Pixelkin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're always evaluating educational games, and it's pretty rare to find a really good one. And I mean, Nicole has found Quite a few, but you've done a lot yeah. of looking, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. And Anna's apps column. Oh, I'm specifically looking at apps for preschoolers because I have a preschooler and she makes a <laughs> a very nice test subject for these things. But she's getting spoiled. I think I told you this. She keeps asking Mommy, can we download a new app? Mommy, yeah. download a new app. Yeah. And I'm
3: like, hey. she wants to go to work.
1: <laughs> I guess. <laughs>
2: I like this. Get it started yeah. early. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, there are some really great ones out there like the Lumi Kids apps from Lumosity are fantastic. Speaking of another brain, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. research organization. Um, they those they just released a new one of those. Those mm-hmm. got those things are awesome and they're free. And <laughs> there are a lot more subpar apps that, you know, are worse than this one and they cost like $2.99, $399? And it's baffling right. to me. It's like go get those yeah. Loomy Kids apps now while they're free because obviously they're gonna yeah.
2: <laughs> charge something for them at some Don't point. Don't wait for them to wake yeah. up. Exactly, yeah. Well, that's interesting. That just shows how much of a, a thirst for these apps there is out there. And what I what I wonder is when I, when we talk about um, educational games, the nineties is regarded as this kind of heyday of educational games. How would you compare what we have now to The 90s, I I don't know if it's just a perception of 90s games being this great, wonderful thing or... What do you think about that?
4: I think I think we do look back on that era with fondness. You know, yeah, uh, Read a Rabbit. Those of Intrails, us who grew up during yes you know, certainly do. Kind of Simone, stopped, uh, right?
1: she looks back on being five. Yeah. <laughs>
4: but, but yeah,
2: but then again, like, what did I actually learn from those games? I'm not sure that I could quantify it. Did you play Reader Rabbit? I did play. It. I loved Reader Rabbit. Oh, cool. All right. <laughs> I love looking at pictures, but I mean, I was reading since I was I don't know three, so I didn't yeah. learn it from that game. Anyway, sorry. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, it's true. When we talk about uh, educational games, this is the first thing that comes up, right? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, back in the 90s, there were these yeah. great games and sort of, you know, early 00s. Like, why... What happened to that whole sector? And if you talk to somebody who makes entertainment games, they basically, it's like the third rail. They're like, no, 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 no. Don't make educational games. Like, you'll go out of business. You're right. not going to make money. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And so, like, the whole entertainment sector, they just steer completely clear of it
0: mm-hmm.
4: um, because of this perception that something happened and there's, there's no market. You can't sell into huh. it. But if you, there's a really great uh, Joan Gans Cooney Center uh, report on this, if you just hunt for like oh, ed- okay. entertainment 90s cooney center or something you'll find it where they yeah, talk about all we'll the different that. factors that went into that collapse mm. and it looks i think in retrospect my takeaway from reading that was that it was really that there was not innovation happening in these games so mm. oh. you know like uh reader rabbit came out and the next year it was uh reader rabbit you know, 93 reader yeah. 94 yeah. yeah. I and mean, it was really like similar games over and over and over so people wouldn't buy them yearly <laughs>
0: yeah. or
4: they would buy one they'd buy the next one they'd be sad they'd never go back and buy another yeah. one and so that yeah. market sort of shrunk down over time there was consolidation in the market with companies buying each other out
0: yeah
4: and the, the space just sort of collapsed in on itself yeah there was a lot of innovation i mean there's just in general in games during that period of time there was a lot of innovation yeah but, yeah, it's it's sad to look back on now and think that the takeaway, I think, for a lot of game developers is, like, that's the third rail. Like, totally yeah. avoid that space yeah. there couldn't be anything further from the truth. Right? That's
2: something that could be – that that has totally changed now because of all the different mechanics that are available to us and all the different platforms that we have to develop for, I think. That's really interesting. Yeah. I actually see that happening in the toys-to-life sector right now. <laughs> yeah, that's my <laughs> prediction is that it's yeah. just going to eat itself alive. Which is sad. <laughs> sad or happy? Well, <laughs> sad in a it. way that I I want you know innovation. I don't want you know Disney Infinity one, two, three over and over and over again. Well, we've I want them to got do got sa- three. I know it's coming <laughs> out in just a couple weeks. While I'm at PAX, I'm gonna be sad, Linda.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sorry,
0: teens these days they just don't silence their phones. Teens and their phones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my phone never
3: rings, so I didn't
4: – <laughs> <laughs> I called it. I'll, I'll admit. We're a very <laughs> desirable
2: <laughs> conversation partner. Do not downplay yourself. <laughs> um,
3: I had a question, and that was um, – so do you recommend places for people to find educational games that are good?
4: Yeah, your site. <laughs> <laughs> really?
3: Hey. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, it
4: is, it is a problem. Like, yeah. finding high quality games is a problem for parents. It's also a problem for teachers or for yeah. people who want to learn a particular topic. Yeah. Like, where do you go to find them? Well, you probably are going to go to your local app store, whether that's right. iOS yeah. or, or Google Play or whatever. Yeah. But how do you find ones that are both entertaining and educational and have been proven to be so? Like, It's word of mouth is kind of where it's at. And word of mouth on the Mm -hmm. web is as good a word of mouth, right? It's like, so PixelCan, you can go to graphite.org if you like Common Sense Media's reviews, is another interesting place. There are a few sites like that Mm -hmm. that are are trying to. Yeah,
3: yeah. It is a pretty fragmented space, though, because you can find a lot of good recommendations, but they're on teachers' blogs and they're just spread all over everywhere. It's really hard to find. Yeah,
4: yeah. I I don't want to, you know, as my, my my wife's brother has uh, their family has three little girls, uh, five, seven and nine. Mm. And they're always asking, like, like, what should I go play? Yeah, what, yeah. if we could find some great education games, we would totally go play them. And of course I want them to do that, right? Yes. right. <laughs> games got, <I'm> like, yeah. <laughs> but I cannot really tell her a good place to go to keep up on top of all this stuff. Yeah. It's like, you know, I go to your site for sure. I go to Cool Mom Tech. I yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a good I go to that yeah, one a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah, go there too. You know, and there are a handful of sort of games for education blogs popping up that right, occasionally things right. interesting will show up on, or 148 apps occasionally mm-hmm. something will show up on there. But it's really – it's a lot of word of mouth, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, the I mean the first app that I did in Anna's apps that we found uh, that she loved was in this alphabet, and I totally heard about that through my mom's group.
2: It was full You're word right. of mouth, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And then you find a publisher that you like, like Endless or like Lumosity, and just yeah. hope they keep yeah. putting stuff out and putting stuff yeah. out.
1: Yeah, I have a feeling the Endless games are going to be endless. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. I mean, and now they, they started with Endless Spanish, so now like, how, how many languages can they do down the line? So, um,. So yeah, it was so great that you, like That's Pixel great. Kid guys. Remember when I first contacted you? And like, I don't know if you remember me. Like, we met briefly. You know my husband, and and then I'm like, oh, and I work for Pixel Kid, and you're like, I go to Pixel Kid every day. <laughs> <I'm>
4: like, <laughs> I <wow>. do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is so. awesome. <laughs> and I nice connected though. all those things together. I'd seen your name on there a million times. And yeah. I was, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. That was awesome.
2: So speaking of moving educational games forward, I mean, you worked on that for a long time. What do you think it will take to maybe get educational games back to that place of respect that they had in the 90s? And yeah. maybe are we there? That's a, that's a good
4: <laughs> question. I think that there's been I mean, a number of angles on mm-hmm. it. Um, one is how do you get more developers to make more educational games mm-hmm. and think, You know, you really want to get the brightest minds, the most creative designers to think, Mm -hmm. how can I make something that's going to teach whatever? Yeah. Um, So how do you do that? Well, you have to – they have to see that there's some market there. So Mm -hmm. they're not going to just make something and then just – you know, they're not going to be able to sustain their lifestyle on it. Um, So that – and then that opens a whole can of worms, right? Right. Okay. Uh, then there's from a more maybe more from a teacher perspective, or a school mm-hmm. perspective. It's how do you justify or approve that a particular game actually teaches something mm-hmm. or is effective in the classroom? Um, right. That's another tough nut to crack, right? And there are various people trying to take that on, from Glass Lab, who was trying to prove that you could use games for assessment, to sites like Graphite.org and, mm-hmm. and things like this that just want to you know get them out there and try to do some analysis that there's mm-hmm. actually something happening. So, I mean, the good news is I think that we are on an upslope. It really feels mm-hmm. like there's more and more and more of this kind of stuff out there. But, unfortunately, I think there's also more and more and more eh, sort S- other of not stuff. awesome <laughs> not stuff, great stuff, right? It's like if people ask me what's the best education game that's out there, like I, I've i been going to the same games over and over now yeah. for a couple of years. And, like, it always starts with Dragon Box, yeah. you know, and it moves through Minecraft and, right, and right, things right. like yeah. this, right? But the Dragon Box games have been just awesome The two algebra games and the geometry game, uh, as far as I'm concerned, those are top of the heap Mm -hmm. Um, just in terms of fun and educational and proven through the University of Washington Center for Game Science stuff. Yay.
2: Nice. That's hard because as it gets easier and easier for people to learn how to make games – you're right. It's just going to. There's going to be more and more, especially if there's uh, you know something to gain from making educational games, like you were saying, Nicole. People charging 2.99 for a yes. poorly made non-educational yes. app. If there's money to be made there, and it's preschool easier to make apps games. are uh,
1: that whole category <laughs> is like after you know downloading regular games and you see the prices on some of these preschool apps and it's insane. Right. And I'm like, what Why is going on here? Is? Do they
2: think that parents won't? check yes. up on that? Basically? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's my
1: assumption. The parents aren't actually playing games and yeah. they see this oh this great you know alphabet thing costs like two They're like okay whatever it's just only three bucks. But if you, get, you can get a game for 99 cents or like sometimes these apps are like 20 plus dollars. And it's just mm. it's insane. Ah. You know it's like I should do an expose or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Please do. Yeah. 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 So
2: do you think that that holds true that there, are, there's a swath of parents out there that just will spend that money and not think about it? I think so. Yeah.
1: Because it comes in little chunks.
2: Yeah, that's true. You, oh. know, you don't Three bucks it. here,
1: two bucks there. Yeah. The Endless games are actually some of the most expensive because you can get them for free. Yeah. Where, like, the word game, you get it for free, you get, like, six words and then you have to buy the rest of the words mm-hmm. for, like, 12 bucks. So... Mm. Those are those are some of the most expensive ones out there, but yeah. they're also some of the ones with the greatest production values, and because mm-hmm. that's that's the thing about the preschool apps is sometimes you get these ones the production values are horrible, terrible,
0: <laughs> and yeah. production
1: values when we're talking about we're talking about art and sound and voiceover and
0: mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I just
1: talked about that one and one of the apps that Anna actually likes the. Monkey, math oh, school, <laughs> has terrible VO because it's like they just recorded a bunch of words and then they're all just jumbled together like <laughs> old GPS stuff. Um, but, yeah, it's it, the preschool stuff is all over the map. Yeah. On well, that.
3: when you talk to parents of preschoolers, they sometimes I think feel a little bit guilty about letting their kids play video games mm. um, because they have all this screen time guilt out there in the culture. Mm. And so they think, oh, if I give – my child an educational game, then I don't have to feel so guilty about it. Yeah, or they don't but, even
1: consider it a game. <laughs> yeah, they consi- you're right. Yeah. They
3: consider it an educational an app. app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Screen so. time stuff. Is that drives me <laughs> crazy. Yeah, that, I know. That, that. It Does it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. well,
4: it, what bugs me about it is that you, you're lumping in all of the passive screen time with the active screen time, and mm-hmm. these are two separate things, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. So it's like getting – I can understand, like staring at a piece of glass all day, like that's you – know, <laughs> nobody should actually do that. Except <laughs> I'd probably do that. But yeah. kids should not do that. They should, there should be a diversity of activities so that they can grow. Right. But if they're engaged and learning something yeah. and they're staring at a piece of glass, that's way better than just like watching something and not I interacting. I agree. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Did you ever have any pushback on that when you were doing your work at the White House?
4: No, not too much. No, cool. I mean, it's it's yeah. always uh, the the language of the realm there was always research. And there's, yeah. frankly, there's mm-hmm. not a ton of research around games. So yeah. it, it took me some time actually to, to recognize like... Oh well, there's not a ton of research, so I can't justify anything either way. That, like, <laughs> on one hand, gives me some freedoms, and on the other, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then, and there's, you know, there's research to back up all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. The violent video games research is like all over the place, right? right. You can justify kind of whatever uh, you want based right? on how you yeah. cherry pick it. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah. that's that's aggravating.
3: I have another question about uh, your tenure at the White House. Were you working with the um, games for social change and games for health sector quite a bit? And did you get any political pushback when you were looking at those kinds of games?
4: Mm, that's, a, that's a great question. Yeah, you know, when I got there, it was really like, okay, we think games are an interesting form of media that can have some kind of societal impact. And you should run after this and, and see if there are ways that we can accelerate this whole sector. And I wound up going towards education, um, for one, out of personal passion, and second, it just seemed like there was more momentum there. But definitely, mm-hmm. we had this... Uh, it is- Guild, we called it, the Federal Games <laughs> Guild. <Yeah. laughs> it had a much longer official title. Yeah. But it was it was about 80 people from the various government agencies mm-hmm. and a bunch of those folks were from National Institutes for Health the CDC. And you know, there's some great Games for Health out there. Yeah, and then there are. Yeah. Also all sorts of other, like the the, the social impact uh, games or games that are trying to communicate a particular message. I I just personally find fascinating. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love games too, that yeah. make me think about things in a different way and have a message right. they're trying to share. Yeah. Those are great. But we just don't see as much of of those, unfortunately. I think mm-hmm. that those, those kind of things are harder for a developer to monetize so it, they become personal passion projects yeah. mm-hmm. and so you just see fewer of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right.
4: Yeah. yeah, I love all that stuff. It's so great.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. So, it sounds like you didn't actually run into too many political hurdles, which I don't know, it's kind of surprising <laughs> to me. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, we're not behind the scenes. We don't see all that stuff, but the public face, like, it seems like everybody comes out Against video now Obama hasn't directly come out against video games, but yeah. like I know Biden in the past has tried to introduce legislation, Hillary Clinton has tried to introduce legislation, yeah. so I just wonder why that becomes the
4: public message yeah, well, you know i I it's like such a great question <laughs> I started to describe it uh, when I was at the White House as uh as games industry, we've got, like, a 20-year-old scab. You know? and it's like people keep poking at it and I'm pulling it off. And it's like every couple of years something happens and people are like, oh, it's video, video games. Yeah. That's always, it always seems like there's somebody from some area of the government saying video games are bad. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, my God, do we have to have this conversation again? Right. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, when I was there, I got there just after um, this Handyhook stuff. And so I, I was in that meeting with Vice President Biden and a bunch of the game industry Um and the, the emphasis there was really, like, there's a public perception that games are, the, are a problem, and so we mm-hmm. need to talk about it. It was not him coming in there and saying games are a problem. Mm. It's that there's a perception that games are a problem, so oh, we need to have a conversation yeah. around this. But that's kind of not really the message that got out, yeah, right? No, no. It was yeah. like, oh, Biden hates us, which isn't, was totally not it, right? He was, yeah. he was addressing the the thing he needed to address. It yeah. completely made sense. So a lot, that of, context.
3: a lot of that was all about how the press was spinning everything. But. Yeah,
4: well, I mean, it's it's sort of the press and people, you know. It's, press it, and people, it, yeah, okay. it was the people, the press is responding to people, people's concerns, mm-hmm. and, you know, there's that sort of vicious cycle going on, right? Right. But there's there's definitely a perception among a large group of people in the U.S. Like games, maybe games are a problem, and, and so that needs to be addressed in some way. And so yeah. that, that conversation really sort of came out of that concern. Yeah, right.
2: Um, interesting. Right.
4: So, like, Wow. Yeah I, yeah, I feel like... I really felt like I never had to deal with this. And so I, I was ready, man. I was ready the whole time I was there. I was like boning up on the research. What's out there? <laughs> Somebody's going to ask me about this. i got to right, be yeah. ready with the answers, right? Yeah. And there's this great book called Grand Theft Childhood that's out there. That's, like this whole whole book is all about the violence research. Like yeah. soup to nuts. It's this amazing, amazing book. You should yeah. definitely read it if – you really want to get into this <laughs> topic <laughs> um but so you know nobody ever uh, nobody ever said to me so what about violence in video games like well, mm. what are you why are you doing this when there's violent <laughs> games like and I, I really never had to deal with that i felt like this is a conversation that we've moved past mm. you know, culturally yeah, yeah. like for right. for whatever reasons like whether it's just We've been talking about it for 20 years or now there's uh, more people who have played games growing up mm-hmm. than people who haven't or, or whatever. I think I think we've come to realize that every, what, 20, 30 years we get some sort of different bugaboo out there that's like, oh, my God, this is rap music. is going to cause all yeah. the of society, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember yeah, yeah. reading
2: a study about that that I think said basically that, that as millennials age and start having children, it the, the caring, the amount of caring about violence in video games – just drops and drops. But then, of course, like you said, every time that there is an event that brings it up, I think there there is a cultural longing to pin it on something and that something is generally like, what's new and unfamiliar? Oh, right. that thing. Yeah. yeah. Low-hanging yeah. fruit. Yeah, it kind of makes know, sense. The, the right? real yeah. effects of that. And your
4: kids are doing something <laughs> as a parent. You don't understand it. Maybe that's the problem. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So,
2: yeah. I see it as it's something that will become a lot less of a big deal just as games get older as a medium.
4: Yeah, although yeah. keep an eye out for virtual reality. If oh, that, yeah,
2: that'll oh, yeah, be the I'm real. Big. I'm <laughs> just waiting, like, that's
4: going to be the next. Oh, yeah, my God.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't
3: wait. I think that could be distinctly possible. <laughs> Definitely. I hadn't thought
1: about it that way.
0: Yeah, Yeah.
3: well, then there's all the upsides of virtual reality, like we had from um, our friend Meredith Bland this week. She suggested that we have VR parenting so that we could try out, make all the mistakes in virtual reality that you make as a parent. And it's hilarious. Yeah. It is
4: oh, hilarious. Geez. There's so much promise inside of you. I was just earlier today, I was flipping through research um, uh, at USC University of Southern California at their ICT Institute for Creative Technologies I think it's like them yeah. they're doing research into using VR to treat PTSD and uh, veterans who have yeah. come back right. and, you know, this, this research is like 20 years as they've been doing this research and various mm-hmm. things I think originally back in the 90s I come from VR 20 years ago right <laughs> of course um, you do so, <laughs> of course yeah. um, uh, many so. many
1: false starts <laughs> <laughs> yeah right
4: exactly <laughs> But the, one of the things that we noticed that did work really well is like we were training people out of their fear of heights using VR. Oh. You put the helmet on. You know, you'd put them on a little platform. You'd raise the platform. When they started to freak out, you'd raise it, you know, you'd lower it a little bit. Mm-hmm. You'd slowly sort – of, and, and train them, right? Everything's yeah. okay. And so this PTSD research you can sort of think of as being the same thing. You yeah. can put people in that situation so that it becomes less of a weird thing and they slowly get used to it. Yeah. It's, yeah.
1: It's yeah. so we, great. We yeah. went to Valve like a year ago and they, oh. they showed us their VR stuff. We were talking about – Fear of heights. So they're this set up where you were standing on a ledge and they're like, just take a step. Like, just walk off of it. And I couldn't do it. Like, I closed my eyes and took a step. They're like, oh, you cheated. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's it's funny how that can really change our perception of things. It just amazed me how much
3: that felt like really standing on a cliff. Ken Birdwell at Valve was saying that Kids will jump off that virtual <laughs> diving board. They'll just go ahead and jump. But once you hit about 20 years old, it's very rare that you will actually step wow. off that edge. And I yeah. couldn't do it. I could kind of shuffle up to the edge, but I could not make myself step off. Yeah.
2: I want to try it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, was I was there. Amazing. Courtney went. Yeah. yeah.
3: But for kids, I guess it's understandable
1: because kids will leap off couches and exactly, other furniture yeah. just <laughs> because it's there and they just want to fly so yeah. that doesn't surprise me at all right it's, it's yeah. so
4: interesting with vr i remember I, when yeah. i went up and did the vr demo the, It was one after that one i think that really stuck with me where there were these huge procedural spheres and weird objects in the sky and they they actually moved through your body as you were going uh, through yeah, and yeah. my body was like what the heck is <laughs> going <on?" laughs> it's like i knew i like i've been doing VR stuff, like I said, since the 90s. Like, I like I totally, I'm an expert. Like, I can walk off the edge no problem. My body was like, no.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So the people at Valve are up there going, how can we mess with people? What's the the most screwed up thing we could do?
1: (laughs) It's funny when they were doing that, like, I came home and talked to my husband and I'm like, Portal kind of seems like like a, a decent fit for that type of thing, <laughs> yeah. and then he's like, "But well, wait a second, wait! You know how are you going to make people not get sick when you have to change the orientation of the room like you do in Portal?" And I'm like, Oof. "Oh yeah, it's hard I hadn't enough. About that.
2: It's hard enough <laughs> just playing VR." Enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. watching that game is just one of the most surreal and frustrating experiences. I think it's better when you're actually like in control of it, then you have some idea of where you're ending up. Watching someone play Portal is just like so <laughs> <laughs> stop moving. Just stand still for a second. You watched someone play that game? Yeah, my roommate oh my played God, it. You're it was crazy. I had you should to have stop. gone
1: to another room. <laughs> I had to stop playing it after like two hours. I can only do it in chunks. Yeah, yeah. Because it actually gave me a headache. Oh, really? Like, and I don't know if that was the constant kind of thumping like sound of the air vents, or if it was just like it was messing with my it's brain. Probably too your much. old age. Yeah.
3: Simone. <laughs> I honestly felt like I was thinking so hard that it oh, made my yeah. head ache. Like, <laughs> I, awesome. I, the puzzles were so hard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> well, see, I thought you were talking about the company that, the, the fictional company in Portal that, you know, makes all these experiments to oh, mess yeah. with people. The I thought you were comparing science. them to uh, Valve. Yeah, Aperture. Valve <laughs> 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 is the Aperture science of our world. <laughs> you know what? It very well That's might be.
1: True. Yeah. 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 I love that company. I love Me those too. games so much. It's just They're hilarious. really great. GLaDOS is my favorite character yeah. in a video oh, game yeah. by far. No, Half-Life 3 amazing. coming
0: soon. Oh, yeah. Is no. No. Ten-, ten years. Don't make yeah, promises. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
4: But at the same
2: time Final Fantasy VII comes out for the yeah. PS4, I think.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> same day, I bet.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, so I want to move back to your, your very, very uh, story game console experience. Uh, what do you think uh, of the current gen consoles and where do you think we're going next
4: with that? Mm, that's a good question. You know, I I'm, I'm sort of predisposed to love the consoles, right? Yeah. It's 5 years at Nintendo, N64, 5 years of Sony, it's like PS2, PSP, yes. PS3.
1: Backbone entertainment figure out the PSP. That's <laughs> how we met. Right. Briefly, yeah. yeah. back in the day. Yeah.
4: Uh, yeah, I, I I have to say, I barely turn on my consoles right now, oh, yeah. which is kind of weird.
0: Well, you're yeah. on vacation, wow. <laughs> <laughs> <Working> vacation. <laughs> no, I'm
4: just always looking for um, the games that have an impact yeah. that are also fun and have an impact, yeah. and, and those are not on the consoles, which is kind of makes me sad. Like I wish that would change. But aside from that, um, you know, I, I wonder with with when you're building a new console, and you uh-huh. know, this this conversation is always, what is the new experience that is going to drive people to be interested in buying this? And, yeah. Uh, and for me, on this generation of consoles, I didn't, like, I, I picked them up, I played a few games, and they haven't really stuck with me because they, mm. you know, the games are still fun, but they feel a, a lot like the games I've played before. Yeah,
0: um, mm, yeah, true, yeah.
4: Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I think there will be another generation. Yeah. I'll be excited about it. I'll yeah. pick them up. I'll right. play with them. Absolutely. I'll, I'm yeah. all over that. But um, as to what that new experience is, I think that maybe VR and, and AR uh, mm. are the way forward. Yeah, right. Um, but we we'll, I think that's still yet to be determined.
1: Yeah, yeah, I still think some of the most creative stuff is happening uh with Connect and that kind of stuff.
4: Yeah, I just wish it was more
1: R.I.P. Yeah, exactly, yeah. more yeah. like um, you know, Harmonics made Fantasia, which is uh, yeah. absolutely amazing game that was really new so and cool. different and innovative and I feel like, like not enough people, you know, got excited about that game. And I don't know if people were put off like oh, it's Disney, it's for kids or you know, that type of thing, but It's a fantastic game. game. It's It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, it's unlike anything else out there. Like, you think of Kinect games, you think of like your standard motions, like dancing or, you know, doing sports Mm -hmm. or whatever, but Fantasia's. It's completely different than ever, yeah. anything else that's out
4: there, yeah. which is awesome. I love that. about. That's one of the great things about the consoles is that because they're stable platforms and they use a TV, you can have cameras and you can have yeah. peripherals that stay there. Uh, one of the things that when I was at the White House, I was having a lot of conversations with the head of the President's Council on Fitness because they were super excited about the idea, yeah. like, how do we yeah. get mm-hmm. more people to make games that encourage people to move? Right, like, yeah. Wouldn't that be amazing? Like, yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah how do we do that? <laughs> 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 you know, people have to buy these games or people yeah. won't make these games. Yes. And that's, that's really yeah. what it comes down to.
1: Yeah, it's kind of sad, I think, that that's a shame. few developers make. I think it's because um, most third-party developers are thinking cross-platform and so it's hard to kind yeah. of design them. Yeah.
4: Well, and it's also super expensive to build games for consoles, you know, compared yeah, to yeah. A mobile platforms, right? Right. I mean, yeah. Just Dance, I guess, is a good exception. Like Just Dance is kind of on everything, and you know, you can play it on mobile mm-hmm. and you play it over yeah. the web, and, and like it definitely gets you up and moving. But yeah, you know, most most console games, you're talking five million is uh, low end, yeah, right? You'd exactly. Be lucky If you yeah. get out for ten, yeah. so uh, yeah. oh, man, it's a huge risk for a game developer. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. Just Dance is really popular, though, right? It is one it's of the extremely few. Po-
1: popular. Yeah, which was something that um, Backbone Backbone Entertainment worked with Harmonix to make Dance Central three, and everybody was super annoyed that Just Dance was so popular
0: <laughs> because Dance
1: Central was like the real thing—like you're actually
2: dancing—and
0: right. Just Dance you just so sort of
2: so prefer Dance Central, but yeah, <laughs> whatever. Market is spoken. <laughs> Yeah, oh. and Ubisoft has said Just Dance
1: is the only game that they're going to have on last-gen consoles moving forward.
3: That's Jeez. it. That's the Man. only one.
2: That's All sad. right. Yeah. Huh. They might well, be.
3: we're always looking for new Kinect games, and yes. there really, just aren't yeah. very many good it ones. It is such yeah. a
2: shame, especially I mean, Phil Spencer was talking a few weeks ago about how they want more first-party Xbox games, and that would be a perfect place. I mean, make more games for the Kinect, but I think since they're not really investing in that technology anymore, we're not actually going to see any return on that, which makes me sad.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
4: It does make you wonder. Maybe there's an opportunity there if you could find a way for developers to make those games, let's say, for a million dollars or something. You know, let's let's say you can make bite-sized active games. Mm -hmm. If Microsoft said we're going to invest $10 million into 10 developers kind of as an experiment, like $10 million is... Like, how much did it cost to make Destiny, right? It's right. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so $10 million is nothing. You yeah, yeah. Of, if you could do $10 million games and then put them on the market and see what happens.
2: Yeah. It's interesting. I think there's kind of – I think we might be in a downswing right now because of the we, – we lived through, you know, the advent of motion gaming and it was really exciting for a while and then it became like educational games saturated. So I think that – the public maybe needs to take a breather and then maybe we could show some interest because there there is a lot of innovation to be done in that space. Fantasia showed that. It's yeah. not all, you know throw, catch a ball with your hand in the air and yeah. navigate difficulty through menus. Like, there, there is some interesting stuff there, but we just need kind of time for the market to come back around and yeah. show interest in it again. And, you know, like you said, it, have to, it has to be a
1: developer that's committed to actually yeah, trying yeah. to do something new.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which,
1: because, like, the sports thing, like, that's that's an easy throwaway. So, yeah, I yeah. think that's why that happens. Well,
0: how do
4: you incentivize that kind of innovation? Yeah. That's yeah. like the. That was one of the things we were fighting with at the White House around mm-hmm. education games, and we ended up doing a big game jam. And as maybe one solution to that so yeah. is there an analog to that for motion gaming on consoles you know can you make them so yeah. easy to to get in and create an experiment with that somebody could just spend a weekend you know and make something interesting yeah that would I be awesome know. let's
3: work on that Mark. yeah let's work on that yeah <laughs> let's take
4: over that let's... world
1: yeah yeah um I had another question. It just went right out of my head. Mm. (laughs) 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 That's what happens when you're the mom of a preschooler.
4: I'm going to ask you a question. Okay, go ahead. Federal Games Guild people would, would laugh. So we always started off every meeting with, We'd go around the room and say, "What are you playing?" So, what are you playing?
0: Well, that's, oh, that's our next snap. segment. Oh, really? That's a nice segue. There
1: you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, well, then I'll start since you asked me directly. Um, Hearthstone and Hearthstone uh, and Hearthstone. Uh, Everybody who listens to this podcast knows that I play that every day. Um, Tavern Brawl, which is the the new mode that they started in June, that runs from like Wednesday to Sunday. You get new rules each week and. Um, Sometimes you're building a deck, sometimes you're not. Um, I think it's most cases it's a good way for casual players to sort of jump in and uh, be on a level playing field with some of the players that have been there before because you don't get to control what you're doing. But in this week's Tavern Brawl, they pulled in all of the new cards – from their expansion that's coming out next <laughs> month. So, what? Yeah.
4: So they're out early, basically, for Tavern Brawl. For Tavern only? Brawl only. That's
0: amazing. You
1: don't get to pick which ones yet, though. But it shows you really, really well what the jousting is going to look like and what the Inspire is going to look like and. That's Kind of awesome. It's, yeah, I was playing it earlier today. <laughs> You're very excited right now. I know. I'm like, I wrote a story about it. Like, this is research. This is part of doing the news, right? Uh, play some yeah. games.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, but beside that, I'm also playing Heroes of Might My- Magic 3, which came out on an iPad a little nice. while nice. ago. And it's Amazing how much I can get sucked right back into that game. Did you play that game? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't even look that great. Like they basically just remastered it enough that it doesn't look terrible, but it basically looks like the old game. But it's still, um, it's still fun. So that's like a tactical turn-based strategy game. And my husband always, he loved the the combat actually because you don't actually there's no benefit from attacking somebody from the back or from the side mm-hmm. because the creature or person will turn towards you. Yeah. So he's like, you know, if someone goes up, he's like, hey, you. And the guy turns around. He's like, what? I'm going to hit you now. <laughs> which is basically what it looks like. Um, but, yeah. Uh, and then what else? Uh, download a LumiKids backyard for mm-hmm. Anna, right. which is the third Lumi Kids app, which just came out. It's doing some really cool stuff. It's kind of, that's The thing that's great about those they've been building and building and building on what they have in there so it's got a lot of different stuff mm-hmm. in there um but i want to talk to you about the uh, other thing it was really funny so i reviewed that knock syllables game a while ago which had a really cool premise because it's talking about syllables and you don't really see that much yeah. in games but it just it had monotonous gameplay all you were doing were filling, yeah, yeah. filling vats and stuff But the other thing that happened about that the other day, because Anna pulled it up and started playing with it, and one of the levels, um, you're completing the word. So you get, like, one syllable, and you have to pick the other syllable from, like, a thing and drag it down. Mm -hmm. And she she doesn't know exactly how to do that because she can't read yet, but she can do some of them, like the simple ones. Like, say, they had... Uh, and they're like, "How do you start the word?" And there's a she knows D. And she well, that's uh. <laughs>
4: yeah,
1: well, sure. they, they.
4: that went to D. Yeah. But anyhow.
1: Interesting. So the the more syllable words, if you pull down the wrong one, it still pronounces whatever you pulled oh, down there. Geez,
3: really? Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. She was Uh-oh.
1: giggling her head off at these things, just like.
3: And I'm like, that's kind of cool. A fun I way mean, to play with word sounds and stuff.
1: It is. Well, it's yeah. fun in that way, but I feel like if you're trying to teach something and you make the wrong answer more fun than the right answer, I oh. <laughs> kind of failed in that regard. You know? Yeah, that's fair. That's <laughs> I just. Did she was
3: pronounce the swear words too then? Can you like do that? I I don't think there were any swear
1: words. It was basically just gibberish. Okay. And you know, three year olds think that is hilarious. It is. It's really funny. So is she repeating
2: that back to you or did she yeah. forget about
1: it? <laughs> no, no. She was just laughing and laughing oh, and laughing funny. and and the thing is is it when it's when it's the wrong answer, it pronounces it like the tone is just slightly off and sort of up. That's like, wow, you said this and that just makes it even oh, funnier. No. So
2: <laughs>
1: So yeah. <laughs> there was right. something else about that game that I didn't know or anticipate. Would be so fun. (laughs) Um, And let's see. I think that's about it. Isaac has been playing The Witcher 3 like mad. Oh, yeah. Like mad. Um, And he's streaming it to his computer now um, from the Xbox. that seems to be working really well. Oh, cool. So, yeah. Nice. Although I don't understand why he doesn't just play it on the Xbox because it's not like we're down there doing anything else.
4: And the screen's probably like twice as big, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know
1: why. Is he still playing with the controller or yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. At hmm. least I think I don't go into his office very often. Yeah, because it's a well, it's getting better. But it was like a (laughs) a fortress of boxes that we still haven't opened Ah, since we moved. But he's getting better. And how long ago did you move? We moved here in December of twenty (laughs) twelve. Yes. And we're still boxes in the garage that we haven't unpacked. But the it's way fine. I think about it is like, if we haven't unpacked them by now, it's probably stuff we really don't need. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You or know? you've
4: replaced one of the other.
1: Yeah, yeah. You could have a an amazing garage sale. I get. Well, that's <laughs> the thing is, you know, Isaac doesn't want to give away or sell anything. Like oh, his no. dad was like that. Yeah. So that's why we have so many boxes. Uh-oh. So. Mm
3: we we'll see. <laughs> I, I feel your pain. I yeah. have the same kind of husband. Although he did
1: he did pull out this box of all my stuffed animals. I used to collect <gasps> Aww. like Aww. Nintendo, like, you know, when I was older like Yoshi's and <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Teddy Scares and all those things. Um, but the one that's in there is my wick at the Ewok that I had when I was little. Oh um, and uh, so I wanted to pass that on to Anna. And I'm yeah. like, hey, look, I used to sleep with this when I was little. And she's like, I don't want it. Oh, no.
3: No. She'll, she'll come around eventually. She will.
2: She doesn't know what she's saying. Yes. Aww. Maybe she
3: sees the movie. She'll want it.
0: Yeah. Maybe. Not Although, yeah. so you're okay.
2: Isaac and I
1: probably agree on this. We don't really want her to see those movies until she can see the originals. So who knows when that will be. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully soon. Oh, dear. But, oh, dear.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: All right.
3: That's me. Oh. Linda, what have you been playing? <laughs> well, I downloaded a uh, Rare Replay. Oh 100. yeah. Yeah, and I I played a few of the games. Um what's really cool about the rare replay is it's 30 years of video games from this company rare. And um, they start in like the early '80s. Some yeah. of the games are nice. that old, and they go yeah. up to you know yeah. more recently. But
1: um, yeah, that's what I said in my review. Is right. like, it's not just showing you the history of rare; it's showing you the history of games. In I general. really awesome. felt that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I,
3: I had read the review, and then um, it's cool because it kind of makes it easy the way they have it set up on the Xbox for you to go in and out of these games really quickly. Yeah. So you can play just a couple of minutes of a game and kind of get a feel for it. So I played um, what the turtle one, the gun fright game. Battletoads. (laughs) Battletoads,
4: right. Did you play Blast Core?
3: I haven't played that one yet. Um, I did play quite a bit of Banjo-Kazooie because I always wondered – I I knew my kids had played that when they were little. I I always wondered what it was like, and I I had some fun doing that. Yeah, that's the thing that's crazy
1: about Rare Replay is 30 bucks, and you've got – the full Banjo-Kazooie, you've got full Conker's Bad a Day, you oh, have full, both Viva Pinatas and Cameo, <laughs> this crazy amount of these huge games for 30 bucks, that's and awesome. it's just It's a great it's deal, uh, yeah. and it's
3: really fun to just look at how games change and how quickly mm-hmm. they change. I sat down and started to think about the timeline. So if you're talking about from the early 90s, or maybe you say the eight, late 80s or so, until now, so, you know, that twenty thirty year span of time compared to say the history of movies where you're mm-hmm. looking at silent movies in the um you know nineteen twenty and and what we have with three d movies now yeah. it's it's just incredible how quickly games have evolved mm-hmm. over a yeah. really short period of time yeah yeah, you know? yeah. So yeah it was fun, yeah, I had kind of a good awesome. time doing that, yeah Anything and then else? well I've been. Totally addicted, and this is all Simone's fault.
0: Yay!
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Actually, not. It's not your fault. Um, it's my no, own I'll take fault. I'll I'm. All, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take responsibility for my own <laughs> issues. Um, <laughs> Crossy Road, that damn oh, game. Oh god, I hate that stupid hate. game. <laughs> but I, I get going on it, and it's really hard. Like I, I, you know, smash my little character on the on the road and and then I think but I can do this I can do better next time (laughs) and I end up sitting there and wasting like 45 minutes playing that game it is so
2: funny how easy it is to just take five steps and completely flatten yourself and you're just like well well (laughs) why did I even bother today (laughs) yeah but then you always play again Yeah, it is so yes it's
3: fun fun. have you played the mountain
4: goat game no I don't think so Oh, oh. <laughs> don't. You're doing we it leave again. Leave this room right now, Laura. <laughs> Just gonna say mountain goat. Just look for mountain I goat. I definitely won't write that down. You and like look Crossy it up later. Road?
1: Yeah. That <laughs> actually reminded me. Um, not Cross. I don't play Crossy Road. Uh, Yet. Might be a good thing. Don't start. Um, but another one that Simone got me started on is Alpha Bear. Yay! Um, oh, so I've been
2: playing that. Yeah. I finally beat Brainy Bear. Yes. I beat him. I heard they released an update that balances it a little more. So I think maybe because
1: you used to like Brady Bear used to be a very small board and you would start with two Ys. Uh. Amongst your letters. <laughs> yeah. uh. So, I don't think that that happened, but like it still took, you know, it took a few tries. Were yeah. you but saying my... that
4: you think she passed it because they made it easier? Yes. Did I hear that? Absolutely. Right?
1: <laughs> I think it was my 400% bonus score from my Were Bear, my 300% bonus score from my Zombie Bear, and oh, yeah. my 200% bonus score from my Devil Bear. <laughs> you have been leveling those bears up. Nice. Yes. You gotta,
2: you have to level the bears. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, some of the new ones from the new level are
2: pretty funny all right oh god i'm so excited i'm still on like level three because i keep going back to level up old bears because i have no sense of priority (laughs) (laughs) that's
1: another thing i think they change is you can get the old bears at any level yeah Yeah, because i was
2: playing in four and i got a four bear nice okay i'll move on now it's okay (laughs) (laughs) oh i'm free (laughs) i've been playing that yes yep have you gotten any funny polaroids uh, I don't remember, and if I did, they're not appropriate for this show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, they're so good though. Do yeah. you ever just bears. put
3: words in, hoping you'll get a yes. funny polaroid? <laughs> I know.
2: Yeah. There's something very human when, we, when you see a, a word that you just shouldn't shouldn't say, shouldn't make those bears say. You gotta pick it so that yeah. in the hopes that they will. They will send it back to you, and their their little messages. Yeah, I have
1: never, I've never refreshed those things. My best one was that uh, he said that he's been using Harry crayon lotion, nice. to keep his hands
2: soft. <laughs>
1: See, and that was completely
2: appropriate.
0: That's awesome.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what a Harry crayon is. I have no idea either. <laughs> I mean, that was the two words I picked. I'm
1: like, okay. What about you, hmm. Simone?
2: I um, I actually played Everybody's Gone to the Rapture this weekend. Oh. Yeah. yeah. My roommate has a horrible bacterial infection. So by the way, RIP, all of you. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> Oh, great. <laughs> so we sat down on Sunday and just played through the entire thing. Um, it is so good. Yeah. Oh. Very, very atmospheric. Very creepy. Very sad. Um, I definitely, definitely recommend it. It's 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 definitely not for kids because I think it'd be a lot to take in and very confusing and upsetting in a lot of ways. But I love being confused and upset, <laughs> so for me it was wonderful.
0: Yeah, and it I'm, looks really. I'm speaking
2: vaguely about it because I don't want to spoil it uh-huh. because the whole mechanic of it is yeah. very interesting. The story is very interesting, and it it's looks definitely worth very discovering. Very pretty. It is beautiful and it's incredible. Uh, My roommate was telling me that it was made by a team of 15 people at the Chinese room and some of them were like recent college graduates. Um, So there are certain, there are times when you can tell that like if you go up close to the plants, it's like that is a 2D leaf. That is a very small, (laughs) (laughs) that's not a leaf at all. But, you know, when you're looking at these beautiful landscapes and the lighting effects are just beautiful and there's parts where it goes, it cycles very quickly from darkness back up to full daylight. Mm -hmm. And those sequences are just incredible. And it has some of the best sound design. Like the cues that they use to get you to investigate certain areas are very subtle, but then very um, – very they grab you yeah. really well. It's an incredible game. Cool. Yeah, I liked Great. it. Oh, Anything else? I was sad. Um, no, I pretty much just played that in Alpha Bear, <laughs> <laughs> which I will never escape. Yes. I don't think yeah. I will either. Yeah. Like
1: Isaac was looking over my shoulder when I was playing it the other yeah. day and seeing me just not get – the gold egg at the end of yeah, the level. Yeah. And he's like, this is a hard game. It, it is, is like, hard yeah. Yes, it, it is, is a hard game. <laughs> yes. And we're only a level like, five. I don't know how many levels there are. Yeah, but oh my God. I can't even imagine what ten will be like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so talking? how about you, Mark?
4: Um, well, oh my gosh, come on. I played a lot of Alpha Bears too, but. Uh, <laughs> did you? Did I did, you yeah. yeah, yeah. I, was, I, was, I helped him, baby. the alpha bears. So, Alpha Bears, the Mountain Goat game, I think I've slowly weaned myself off of, but oh, no. you all should try it. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing 12 again recently, oh, yeah. which uh, I think is a great game from Amplify, because uh, rumor has it, Amplify is not going to. Keep making their tablets, which would be sad. So it oh. brought me back to the stuff of their games. So twelve was great. Yeah. But actually, the thing that I've been doing that I've been having the most fun with actually is um, doing some computer science stuff. So oh, I'm, cool. I'm like a you know a graduating computer science, yeah, but yeah. I try and play all of the the learn coding stuff. Uh-huh. So I've been uh-huh. taking a group of people through the Khan Academy Summer of Scripting this summer. Uh-huh. So I have like 25 oh, people I'm great. helping coach through which is nice. just fun. It's just JavaScript, right? Yeah. Um, and then there's these other, these cool things that I just found. That, so this is what I've been playing with more is um, these, this, this subscription service for learning uh, DIY electronics called Tron Club.
1: Huh. Wow. So
4: it's kind of crazy. So yeah. every <laughs> month they send you like a little package and you've got like diodes and resistors and little boards and, and oh, then cool. it's like here's the 12 exercises this month that will help teach you how to do electronics you That's know, nice. kind of maker yeah. stuff that is awesome so I've been playing with that and that that was just ha- I just got my first one and it's super great yeah. and then <laughs> I found out about a coding one called Bitsbox it's basically the same thing yeah. so I'm waiting for my Bitsbox to show up it's going to show up today but if you could,
2: <laughs> What are you building with Tron Club?
4: <laughs> um, with Tron Club, it's a bunch of just simple digital circuits. So oh. it's more exercises than a particular thing. So yeah. it's like, oh, you know, this makes the LED flash. Oh, enough have changed the resistor, something else, ah. it flashes, you know, more quickly or more yeah. slowly or mm-hmm. whatever. Nice. You know, so you're slowly just learning all yeah. that stuff. So eventually, hopefully, you'll, you know, I'll be better with Arduinos and Raspberry Pis and all that sort of stuff cool. down the road. Which I just love all that stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's those are the toys and games I get really excited about these days. <laughs> this is like just complete play. Yeah. I'm pretty
3: fascinated with the subscription model thing where people get a box of things um, once a month and everyone's getting into the act with that it seems to be yeah. a really growing sector loot crate yes yeah. loot crate of yeah. some kind
4: it's yeah. really interesting I, I had when I posted up uh, on Facebook that I've gotten one of these and the third or fourth comment back was yeah my nine-year-old loves i won't say which one it was um but it's so expensive after like Uh, five or six months mm -hmm. down the road you're looking at you're going how much have i spent on this oh my god um but you know it's all learning so it's okay yeah (laughs) yeah yeah
1: Yeah, as opposed to batman figures or you know
4: whatever
2: they do in some of the other ones (laughs) yeah i try not to think about it Then but, again,
1: but you know, but you have boxed wine. It's not
2: you. boxed wine. It's w- bottles. It's a subscription a service. <laughs> it's a subscription uh, service. It is. Yeah. It is. It is a box of bottles of wine. It's not boxed <laughs> of wine. Thank you very much. All right. Bye. Uh, and unfortunately, I. I, I I go through three bottles faster than I want to. So I don't know. But it's so good. And they send you the recipes. And I love that. you don't cook. You just said. I give them to my roommate. (laughs) (laughs) He is my personal chef. (laughs) What?
1: Uh, okay. On that note, uh, I think we're going to wrap things up. Mark, thanks so much for being here. Yeah, it's my thank pleasure. You. Awesome. Thank you. And
4: thank yeah. you for the site. Oh, I, I actually uh, yeah. do really hit it every day. Yeah. I
3: think we should mention Mark's newsletter. Ah, uh, yes. Oh,
4: the newsletter. What uh, is it called
3: now? I'm blanking on the name.
4: It's going to It's gonna go through a shift. So it, right now it's the Games for Impact report. So mm. the story of this newsletter is it was the newsletter I sent out to the Federal Games Guild when I was at the White House. Oh, yeah. So at the end of every week, I'd summarize news and what games were interesting, and I'd just send it out to everybody so that they didn't have to do all the work of keeping up on mm-hmm. the game news. Yeah. So yeah. when I left the White House, I was like, man, I had a lot of people I was sending this to. I'll just keep doing it. So yeah. I, I changed the name to Games for Impact Report, and it goes out to like 350 people every week. And it's just like me writing, you know, here's here's some news that happened, here's yeah. some games that are cool. Yeah. And but I read I'm it like change it over. I read it soon.
3: like from – you know, covered. I read every oh. line of it. I like follow all the links. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, that's
4: great. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. I really appreciate that.
1: Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So people can sign up that on your website?
4: Yeah. it's a, Right now it has a bit.ly link, at which, which will stay. I think I'm going to change the name to something more catchy than yeah. Games for Impact Report. But right. if you go to bit.ly slash GFIR, which is Games for Impact Report, yeah. dash subscribe, then that'll take you to it. And you've you know, got a, a link too to
1: on so. Satori, right? That's how I got to it today, so...
4: Do I? That would be a really good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I do. Yeah. I, I will after this. Okay,
1: yeah. I believe that that's how I got to it today, so...
3: I'll put a link in the show notes, too. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so thank Everyone you so much for being yeah. here. It yeah, was no awesome. Thank, thank, you. Um, thank you.
1: If you have questions, comments, or feedback for us, please send those to hello at pixelkin.org. We are not getting enough questions. No. Question us. Yeah, yes. people, come on. Us. Questions. Yes, <laughs> yes Anna... Um, Miss Miss says she's like, I wanna uh, I wanna tell you a question. Oh, I was like, no, it's ask. Or she <laughs> says like, answer you, it's, I don't know, forget what it was. But she uses answer in the wrong way too. Oh, um, that's so adorable. Yeah, it is it's all because so of that syllable game. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that messed her up. Um, so you can follow us on Twitter at pixelkin underscore org or at gaming with moms. We are on Facebook. Pixelkin, we post lots of the stories that we do on Facebook, so you should follow us there. Yes, do that. Um, yeah, do that, exactly. <laughs> um, and I feel like I'm forgetting something. The website? I don't know. No, I think you're good. Yeah, I think you're I, good. That's what, I, I guess we haven't said pixelkin.org,
4: which Mark's is our website? site. Yeah. Mark's mm, website okay. is satori.org, yeah, which S-A-T-O-R-I. Never gets updated, ever, ever, because I'm... Lazy, you're not
1: selling it, Mark. I <laughs> no, it's, it's literally it's a blog
4: I haven't written since 2012. Yeah.
1: But it's got his full <laughs> full biography on there, yeah, which, yeah. you know, ah. you can read about the 20 other things that I didn't say <laughs> in my introduction. Um, uh, so, yeah. So visit both of those sites. Uh, we can you can also find us on Blog Talk Radio. If you like what you're hearing, please review us on iTunes because that mm-hmm. helps out a lot. And... Yep. I think that's it. Yeah. So thanks so much for listening and we'll be back with you next week. Bye. This podcast was recorded in the studios of the
0: Jack Straw Cultural Center in Seattle, Washington.